Sylvester Stallone is capable of that we're not giving him credit for. I mean, no, I mean, I do believe he could do everything he does in Rambo. I mean, I think he could, I don't think to this day, I think trying to hunt and kill Sylvester Stallone in the woods would be a radical miscalculation on behalf of anyone who tried to do it. Oh, and because we're talking about hunting and killing Sylvester Stallone in the woods, this is the Big Bang Theory Theory. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Kyle, and today we have special guest star. Hi, I'm Charlie. Yay, there's three of us. I'm oh. back. I promised. Here I am. You are back. Charlie, how's the Tommyknockers treating you? Did you ever finish that? We did. It's an awful book. Season two coming soon. We might reread uh, Tommyknockers again or Dreamcatcher. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Whatever is worse for that. Oh, so many great surreal moments in Dreamcatcher. I'm looking I love forward to it. Tommyknockers, though, I'm sure you talk about this, but Tommyknockers contains the only canonical instance of Stephen King admitting in the middle of his own story, boy, that was stupid, and I probably should, like, I just didn't, I was too <laughs> drunk at the time to realize that part of the plot didn't make sense, so now I'm going to mercilessly, par- like, torment myself about it now, 400 pages later. And for 400 pages. The yeah. book stops halfway through my book, and then for the back half of it, it's just him apologizing. Yeah, yeah. It ends with him calling, calling AA, getting a sponsor. It's really heartwarming. I'm glad he got his life together, but I didn't like having to read 400 pages of it. <laughs> uh, anyway. What do we do on this here podcast, Kyle? Uh, I th- it's, uh, we talk about Stephen King and Rambo, I believe. Isn't that what Son of a bitch! That's my kind of podcast. <laughs> Who would no, win in a fight, not. Stephen we... King or Rambo? That's, that's the real question. They're both outdoorsmen at heart. We, uh, what we really do, Kyle and Charlie, all on my own Rambo gets dropped into the woods of Maine, which, you know, he's a great fighter, but that's, that's not his home turf. Whose home turf is it? It's Mr. King's home. Well, we'll give, we'll give Rambo, Mr. Stallone, a van, Stephen King's one weakness, you know, these days. Uh, I I think we talk about the Big Bang Theory. We talk about the Big Bang Theory. (laughs) A television show from the mid-aughts until just a few years ago when it wrapped up. Or like last year, did yeah. it wrap up. God, it's run for so long. Um, yes, much and, like, you oh. know, now that I think about it, the experience of watching The Big Bang Theory is much like the experience of being quarantined. Time becomes meaningless. <laughs> uh, the plot never seems to go anywhere. Uh, people keep insisting things are funny that aren't actually funny, like, you know, Broadway parodies about, you know, incompetent medical management and things like that. Broadway parodies of incompetent medical management. I wonder what's going on here. You have not been on the Facebook where... So one family made a funny video about quarantine to the tune of Les Miserables, and it was funny, and it was cute. I'm going to give them that. But then it was, like a vi- it was like a viral challenge. It was like everyone had to adopt every single Broadway standard into something oh. about being quarantined or something about how, you know, there are enough coronavirus test kits. It was awful. I, my favorite was one on Hamilton. I'm not going to miss my vaccine shot. Yes. Yeah, it was like the capital steps, but even more hyper-specific and awful. Have you ever seen the capital steps, Nick? It's kind of also like the Big Bang Theory. I think I'm just going to keep bringing in random tangents with the justification that they're kind of like the Big Bang Theory. I'm starting to regret that I ever left the mental hospital. Like, (laughs) if this is the world I've come back to, I don't want it. (sighs) But 
No, we try to figure out why people watch this incredibly popular sitcom. And uh, as the the reviews of our show are in, they're not good. (laughs) And people wonder why we go about watching something that we obviously don't like. And um, I don't have a good answer for that question. Well, no, you know what, though? Here's the thing. All of those people listen to our show. So... And, and, I know. And they, 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 just as we it. suffer through this program, they suffer through, like, they, this is just a, a constant, endless cycle of pain and confusion. Um, and I'm glad to be part of it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, what happened in today's episode, Nick? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's kind of weird. I would expect this to have been an episode of much more... Um, dense plot because this is the season finale of season three um but really it's it's indistinguishable from any other random episode uh, it begins with the nerds on the roof of leonard and sheldon's ap- apartment building preparing to send a laser beam to the friggin moon as uh, part of their uh big fun science experiment that they're conducting for the week um and it's going fine but um, Penny, uh, well, I think it was it Leonard wants Penny to come along uh, to be a part of the experiment. But Penny is being visited by a gentleman suitor who is uh, apparently the densest person that Penny's ever dated. He didn't see, seem so much more remarkably dumb than anyone else that's ever been on the show. But that I- he was... I think it was less a matter of his his idiocy and more a matter a matter of his confidence. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like he was very confident for someone so stupid. He 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 was very proud of it. Like he uh, was very concerned that the nerds using their laser were going to blow up the moon. He had absolute confidence that that was going to happen. Um, he. I don't want to. I want to get into all the details of it. He's he's a big old lunkhead. Um, I also found him not particularly handsome. I think Penny could do better physically as well as uh, intellectually. No, I agree with that. He was, I couldn't tell if every, I know everyone else on that show I think is like very short, but the contrast made him seem like a, like he was like a seven foot tall monster just looming over the rest of the cast. Uh, Yeah, I think that's fair. I think he is uh, indeed a mountain of a man which I assume is what uh, drew Penny to him in the first place. You know, he's probably got a big old swinging mountain dick or something like that, which is good for her, I guess, except um, the... Penis size have... doesn't correlate to hype, Nick. I've seen the tables. I'm sorry. All right. Well, I've looked down and I think I'm doing <laughs> fine. But anyway. Uh... I didn't think he was that stupid. I think he was just drunk. I think bro Zach was just really, really drunk. I think he was drunk and being passive aggressive. Mm. That's my thought. Ah, Minority view. I don't (laughs) like it. Uh, Anywho, uh, what ended up happening is uh, Penny and the the guy, yeah, his name is Zach. They end up going off to uh, a party, leaving the rest of the nerds to their experiment. Um, But Penny comes back later in the night, very drunk and very angry at Leonard. Uh, well, sort sort of playfully angry, I guess, because uh, Leonard has ruined stupid guys for her. <laughs> she used to be able to just go around and hump any demo she wanted to, 
but now she has intellectual standards or at least is aware of a certain degree of idiocy that she wasn't aware of before. And so she has consequence-free blind drunk sex with Leonard. Well, consequence-free for her. (laughs) She, I feel having seen exactly two episodes of this show, this Leonard guy is a monster. He should have said no when, oh, my ex is here. She's drunk. She's throwing up the next day. All of these things, he he should have said, you go to bed, I'll see you in the morning. And instead, he sleeps with her, which he should not have done. That's that's bordering on sex crime. Uh, a lot of the show is bordering on sex crime. I'm not, I, I can't disagree with you. You're not wrong. Uh, it, the decent thing to do would have been to say, yes, you are very drunk. This is a bad idea. We'll talk about this the next day or whatever. But you're right. That's not what Leonard does. He lets uh, Penny just uh, ride him like a cowboy, apparently. Uh, she screams yeehaw throughout the night. Loud enough that the whole building can hear it. Yes. Um, and the next day, Leonard begins his futile journey to continue to have sex with Penny or any other woman who will let him. Um, by approaching them and going, saying, please, please have sex with me. Um, and it doesn't work. Nobody wants to have sex with him. He's, he's pathetic. Um, and that is most of the rest of the episode. It's, it's Leonard failing to get laid and not understanding why he can't just run into women's lives and have sex with them. Um, meanwhile, the B-plot returns in this episode. <laughs> we have a B-plot again. And it, it is Raj and Wallowitz trying to get Sheldon a date. I don't remember if it's clear why they want to do that. Just for funzos? Just to distract him? Or what What was the purpose of them setting up his dating pro- profile? I think they just... Uh, um, so, yeah. So, uh, Leonard was lonely. So, they were like, hey, let's make you a dating profile. And he was like, no, I'm too dumb to do... I'm too uh, bummed to do online dating. Um, and then they, I think it was literally just, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we made uh, a profile for um, Sheldon? Sheldon. I, I mean, I think, so it was I think really in just the, for love of the goof. Yeah, I yeah, I think in the meta sense, this was back when online dating was just becoming ubiquitous enough that everybody hadn't had heard about it, but was not so omnipresent as to just be like a regular part of everyone's life, like that whole thing about like the magical algorithms that online dating sites have that can match you up with your perfect thing. That was a subplot in like 18 different TV sitcoms. Like I have seen in my life, how I met your mother does one parks and rec does one. They were all like, everybody was like this whole computers are going to pair us up with our mates. Things makes for comedy was like a, I guess a perfect low hanging fruit in a very specific and incredibly short window of time. I know. Um, when I first created a dating profile in small town, Montana, uh, that in my first iteration of it, my, my first, my top three matches were all, uh, three (laughs) ex-girlfriends. And, uh, that was devastating. That was, that was the beginning and ending of my interest in online dating was knowing that I've already gone through the, my, my best options. Um, but anywho. And probably still have. Probably still have. Yes. I don't have much to look forward to. Thank you for reminding me. Speaking of ubiquitous jokes, just real quick. um, One of the scenes has a little button on the end. That's an I can't believe it's not butter joke. Oh, yeah. Which seemed like the most out of date thing, even for a show from like 15 years ago. Yeah. I don't know. 
No, you're right. Sure has one. And they wait, they work way too hard to set it up. Like the whole thing is just Sheldon complaining about all of the different false advertising. Yeah, it's like a four-part joke. <laughs> <laughs> a carefully laid trap. Um, anywho. So yeah, they um, set up Sheldon's dating profile. Speaking of sex crimes, that is also one too, pertaining to be your friend on a dating site and setting up a date with someone. They should all be in prison. I'm not going to go that far. With Leonard being Only a sex because criminal, he's yes, guilty absolutely. of it. If you start prosecuting catfishing, then Nick Hyde is going straight to jail. For fishing without a license. Uh, for noodling, more than anything. For shoving my fist into things' mouths. Oh, God, I want to do that so bad. Um, can I tell a quick story about Nick and your online dating in the past? Uh-oh. So yes. we were watching the IT crowd for the first time, back whenever that first kind of came to the States. And there's that episode where they set up a fake profile for, for Roy and it's like, Oh, mm, women only like bad going. guys. And he post like, shut up. I hate you. These are all things that you'll hear if you date me. And I, and I thought that was funny. So I posted that by itself to a dating site or Craigslist or something. And I, I showed Nick like, haha, look at this funny thing I put there. And you were so upset because you thought I was supposed to be you uh yes correct and i would still think that to this day i know the kind of person i am all right it's terrible nobody wants it i'm feeling discouraged now i don't know if i want to carry on with the show anymore all right well i'll carry the weight for a while um, do it oh, Drake, get us through the rest of this goddamn plot you, yeah you never you never so anyway they 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 put in uh sheldon stuff with incredible accuracy and they find a match for him and he's like uh, I don't want to do this. So they, speaking of crimes, they blackmail him into going to meet this woman. Um, Prison and, for all of them. And uh, what's Amy Farrah Fowler? Is that her name? Something Farrah Fowler. I think it's uh, yeah, I believe that's correct. Anyway, I know because she becomes a recurring character on the show. Spoiler alert. Uh, it's also the girl who plays Blossom. Yeah, Maya Bialik. Yes. Before we watch the episode, I asked Nick, is Blossom on the show yet? He said no. And here's where she shows up. Yes. Although very differently, so I, I didn't. Um, for somehow we're still in the we're still in the window of like episodes I've seen, which I guess I watched this show much longer than I was comfortable admitting even to myself. Um, <laughs> this character evolves rapidly. Like in this episode, she's literally just like, "What if Sheldon was a girl?" Um, but I don't think she. I don't think she stays that way. I mean, she definitely becomes like, "What would Sheldon's girlfriend be like?" But her character does sort of diverge from his. But in this one, no, they're just like, it's like two robots meeting. Yeah, I, I believe uh, the, the episode ends with uh, Sheldon treating Miss Bialik or Amy Firth Fowler, whatever the heck her name is, to her favorite treat, which is a bottle of tepid water. Oh, you thought it was a bottle? I thought it was like tap water is what she wanted. It could be tap water. Whatever it is, it's tepid is the key word. That, that's her temperature, baby. Yes. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Penny and Leonard never really get back on the same page. No, uh, I think, it, I think the la his last words are just him getting shoved out of her apartment after trying to hit on her while drunk. Yeah, yeah. He, he's walking up the stairs to the apartment, uh, drinking what looks like maybe a bottle of Mad Dog or something, and he throws it down the elevator shaft before he goes to knock on Penny's door and beg for sex. He also, uh, we skipped over this bit, he he tries his uh, wiles on Leslie Winkle, 
who's not having any of it, which is unfortunate because I thought she was just a stone cold fuck machine. But apparently, even she will, you know, have. She never goes back to the same well twice, though. She's she's a she's a true predator. She just has to keep moving, finding new kills. Maybe that's it. She needs the taste of fresh blood in her mouth at all times to make her feel self feel alive. Um, and that's really most of the episode. Nobody nobody ends up happy. Uh, I guess Sheldon and uh, Ferret Fowler or whatever, you know, they end up uh relatively content standing next to each other it was probably a starbucks or whatever but um that's that's how the end of the season lady sheldon kablooey oh we're freaking out yes. how did how did the previous season finales end were they like big event tentpole episodes or was it just kind of like this where it's kind of nothing they they ended on cliffhangers which i guess yeah, sheldon but, meeting a girl he might be compatible with is kind of a cliffhanger but kind of nothing cliffhanger like it was um what, season two ended with the crew going to Antarctica, right? Yes. And uh, right as that's, Penny realizes she might have feelings for Leonard after all. Yeah, because once they're gone, she's like, oh my God, I miss him. I didn't know I was capable of missing somebody. Uh, and then season really one ended with them go like about to leave on their very first date because of uh, Schrodinger's cat. Yes. So this is about you know par for the course wow yeah but i mean the thing is like the the show never really has consistent heavy plot threads and i guess you know that's to make it as easy to pick up and put down as possible you don't have to like see every episode know what's going on it's just also if you watch if you do watch every episode you're not rewarded (laughs) (laughs) like as someone who came in this is the second episode i've ever seen i don't like any of the characters there aren't really jokes. It's just people being dumb assholes to each other. And, and there's nothing I feel like is the, that pulls me through. There's no story here. It's just events. And I don't understand. Hey, you get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. So we've summarized. Is there anything, Kyle or Charlie, that you found particularly upsetting or interesting that you'd like to dive into before we leave behind this plot? There's one t-shirt I'd like to just mention briefly, and I don't know if there's anything worth talking about it, but it's, it's a Justice League t-shirt that one of yes! them is wearing. And the, the characters on it are such the weirdest like amalgam of Justice League characters. It's Thank one of the you! Ones. Ah. It's Red Tornado, Dr. Fate, Green Arrow, John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, and Firestorm. Right? What does it mean? He's I worn that shirt before, know. and I mentioned it to Nick and Nick look at me like that's crazy that you're trying to find some significance in this t-shirt. If this is I feel boring. crazy again right now. <laughs> I, I am again on my own. I regret having a guest on this show. I'm alienated. I hate my life. It is literally the only thing I can think about when I'm wearing it is what possible branding could they have been going for with that shirt? Did they literally just draw these comic book characters out of a hat and decide, Hey, their color schemes are compatible. Let's put them in a star configuration on a shirt and try to sell it to Rubes. It's not even like the most popular like secondary characters that DC has like a couple of them, but who has fucking Dr. Fate on a t-shirt, especially with a group of non-magical heroes, right? There's my nerd card. I mean, maybe they were all on the same team for like a brief period in like the late 80s uh, during the Justice League international run. But I'm not even sure that that's the case. Who really knows? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It's going to drive me crazy. Yes. 
Okay. There's only one other thing uh, that I need to bring up about the episode. And if you guys have anything else, feel free to bring it up before we move on. But I'm, I'm, I'll be ready to go. Is uh, Zach um, apparently the, the, the big lughead boyfriend that was too stupid for Penny, which was um, also that's Sheldon says something like really shitty about Penny, but like how maybe she'll be interested in the science experiment they're doing, sending the laser to the moon because technically it involves shiny objects. That's kind of, that's fucked up. She's your friend now, Sheldon. Give her some credit. But um, Zach apparently will not stop bragging to Penny about how he invented the word appetizers. If I invented the word appetizers, I you know I would never fucking stop talking about it. <laughs> appetizers is a fun word. Appetizers, you're like, oh, I know what that is. Appetizers, no, I like a fun little adventure. Now my fries have like some sort of zesty sauce on them or a special seasoning. Like, well, I don't and, know. I think Zach gets that one. Yeah, and I do think particularly everyone's so condescending about it. And then Sheldon goes on an entire monologue later about how he's invented a new time frame, which is just uh, oh, right. a portmanteau. Oh, right. evening Yeah. Which I also kind of like. Yeah. I'm going to start bringing pre-evening into my regular uh, dialogue and see uh, see if it catches on at all. You know, Zach also at the same time, he talks that um, because his company that he works for does the uh, menus for Cheesecake Factory. Yes. And, and there's a line where he says, you know, there's a lot of science that goes into designing these menus. And that's treated like another one of his stupid, dumb, dumb, bonehead ideas. But he's right. There's a lot of science that goes into design, you especially for a giant corporation. Fuck it. I'm with Charlie. This is a defend... Zach, Zach is the best character to ever appear on the show, and we are now ride or die for him. As long as we're admitting things, I don't think that either of the two questions that are supposed to establish he's super dumb actually establish that at all. Because first off, his, he's introduced by saying, how are you going to bounce something off the moon? There's no gravity there. And that is actually a perfectly reasonable thing to do until you understand that you are using massless points of light. Um, <laughs> and also... Oh, you're firing a laser at the moon. What if you blow it up? Again, from like a fourth grade level, that's not an <laughs> they didn't specify that they didn't specify the magnitude of the laser. I mean, it's true. It would be from a common sense perspective, it would be weird if these four guys on the roof were up there trying to blow up the moon. But I don't think that there's anything scientifically impossible uh, impossible about worrying that someone is going to fire a focused beam of light with enough intensity at the moon that they could destroy it. I'm pretty sure you could do that if you just, I mean, it might require more nuclear energy than like is found on the entire surface of the earth. But if you could channel the raw power of the sun itself, pretty sure you could blow up the moon with a laser. And why is no one talking about this? If you could channel the raw power of the sun itself, that's what they were doing on top of the roof on a random weeknight, generating um, all the energy necessary to blow up a heavenly body. It might take less than that. I'm saying the moon is not that big. We could blow it up with a fucking missile. You're telling me we can't build? We, you're absolutely sure. Here's my question to you. Are you absolutely sure we do not possess the technology right now to build a laser? I'm pretty sure that four nerds chillaxing on a Saturday don't have the yeah, resources. The kid who built a nuclear reactor in his backyard, I mean, it wasn't very good, but he managed to gather enough fissile material that, like, you know, 
like when they came in with the Geiger counters, they were like, oh shit, this kid's... In fact, this was also a plot that they borrowed for the Big Bang Theory because Sheldon in universe was, you know, got in trouble for this. But this is a real thing. Like an eight-year-old did was just get... He got fascinated with radiation. So he just started collecting it and building shit in his backyard to try to build a little stable nuclear reactor. Who knows what four nerds could get up to? Zach doesn't know these people. I, I can't. He showed I can't up on his doorstep. We have to move on to our nerd thing. <laughs> this is how I'm just saying. If this were an episode of Black Mirror, would it really be that weird? If it started out with, "Hey, let's go up." If on this the were an episode of a freaky, deaky, crazy ass sci-fi show, what else? What else happens on uh, Black Mirror? Let's see. Um, I'm literally having trouble thinking of it now. That's really. I was going to try to burn. I fucks a pig. That's where my mind now. always immediately goes first. What was that, sir? Guy fucks a pig. Guy fucks a pig. Okay. What a man fuck a pig, Kyle. <laughs> That's the kind of crazy reality we're dealing with. I did feel the same way at the end of this episode that I did feel after watching Black Mirror. Dirty. Just dirty and bad about humanity. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this really should have been better. <laughs> what has technology About at what point in the interactive adventure I was supposed yeah. to actually... Bryce Dallas Howard is cute when she's chubby. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right, nerd thing of the week. <laughs> Is anyone excited and want to go first? I will wait because I think I know what you're going to do, and I don't want to do the same thing. Oh, I'm going to trick you. Oh, boy. Well, you mine will be really easy because uh, I don't know if it's that. Oh, yeah, it's pretty nerdy. Uh, I had never watched, speaking of better shows, Not uh, I've been watching Parks and Recreation, which I had never seen before, and it's delightful. Oh, um, yeah, it's a good show. Yes particularly interesting like one of my favorite shows was the good place and as like a proto good place written by and created by the same person you can sort of see parks and recreation start in a completely different place um and then evolve into something that's uh that's that's sort of like a prototype for the good place which is interesting because it basically ends with people being like you know it's hard to do good things but we're just going to we can always make and what's also interesting is that the show becomes it's one of those sort of interesting things. Like all sitcoms do this with where the characters sort of accidentally become more two dimensional over time. Like they start out more realistic than they end up after like seven seasons when they've fallen through every literal plot contrivance you could possibly design. But what's weird, interesting about Parks and Rec is that process started to make the show better very quickly because when the show first starts, it's, it's so realistic about how hard it is to get anything accomplished in like municipal government that it's basically, it's just about like, how long can any of these people go before they get burnt out, you know, in this reward? It's basically like a soft core version of The Wire. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then Rob Lowe shows up and he's like, nah, we can do everything through the power of positive thinking. And it just starts to sort of find its footing. Nice. All right. Hard recommend for uh, Parks and Rec. Okay. Uh, my recommendation is, um, even though I haven't had the chance to touch it in a couple of weeks, I was playing the Final Fantasy VII remake, and I was getting really into it. But what I'm going to recommend instead is the original Final Fantasy VII. That game's still great. Fuck yeah. Uh, Charlie and I started playing that again the other night. Uh, just because uh, we have a, a PS3 set up right now that happens to have Final Fantasy VII on it. And I was like, mm, I want to pull this over me like a warm blanket. And that's exactly how it feels. Uh, warts and all, 
That game is, it's wonderful. What's your favorite part of Final Fantasy VII, the original? Ooh, I don't know if I like a, any like one favorite part. Well, I'll jump in and say the cross-dressing. Okay, apparently the cross-dressing. That's the best. When I was 12, I had a save file at the bottom of my save files right before you go into that level because I was dealing with some shit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say not the Chocobo Racing. That's, uh, that is one of the warts, I would say. <laughs> um, ooh, just cruising around in the airship, I'm going to say, is my favorite. Because uh, the, the, the high wind theme is fantastic. It makes me tear up just hearing it. Um, it's crazy to think about how impactful that game was uh, on my, uh, my, my nerdy tastes in life when it came out when I was 13. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's remarkable. And I don't think it's it's perfect by by any means. It doesn't. A lot of parts of it are don't really hold up that well under scrutiny. You know, it's, it's incredibly linear, and the combat's really simple. And characters, because of the materia system, all their abilities being so interchangeable, they all do kind of become the same character by the end of the game. Um, they're only distinguishable by their limit breaks. Uh, but the fact that they even have those limit breaks is radical. That was the first game that you could like freely do those in a final fantasy game they were the hidden feature in six but in seven they were they were just a regular old feature and getting to do the first time you do omni slash uh that's that's the stuff that fun little excited nerd heart boners are made of so um yeah recommending the og ff7 charlie well i thought you were gonna recommend this so i'll recommend the thing that i thought you were yeah see it was a mind game i was way ahead of you uh we just finished watching the HBO Watchmen series that came oh, yeah. out last year, and it's really good. It's great. It's really good. I did not think they were able to pull it off, and I know there's a lot of like baggage tied up with Watchmen and you know Alan Moore and his adaptations. I thought this was a great expansion of the world. I thought it c- carried some of the themes the original graphic novel through, and the cast was great, especially uh, Tim Blake Nelson as as Mirror Guy. Yeah. Criminally under, well, I mean, he does get a whole episode of himself, but that was the one character I was like, I could have used even more Mirror Guy on this show. Same. I can't wait to see DC, um, pardon me, I can't wait to see DC Comics like stretch out and we'll get like after Watchmen 2 and Looking Glass will have his own mini series where he meets Batman just to keep the IP in house and keep the money out of Alan Moore's pocket. Yes. All right. Three, uh, I think terrific recommendations. <laughs>